Uh, well, good morning. Uh, thankful to uh, open God's Word with you this morning. If you have your Bibles, I uh, hope you do, I would invite you to open to 1 John, near the back, near the back, 1 John. If you need any help finding it, it's right before 2 John. Thanks for the pity laughter. Thanks. Rusty's here without his wife, so he's going to like, someone needs to hold him accountable right there in the middle. <laughs> so we are diving in, going word for word through uh, different texts in the Bible. And one of the things we've been talking about is this phrase, context is king. Great job. Context is king. So we're going to kick off the very opening chapter of First John. And, uh, but I want to give a little bit of, of context. Who's writing this? Who are they writing it to? What's, what's it about? So this is from John the Apostle. You get it in the name? You guys are like, something going? <laughs> my wife and the pastor are talking. I'm like, is my fly undone or something? Worries me, you know? So this is from the Apostle John who walked with Jesus. He is, unlike Paul, Paul wrote to specific churches. Uh, Paul uh, would write to Romans. Uh, he wrote Ephes to the, the church in Ephesus, right? Uh, this is more generalized, not to a specific uh, uh, group of people, not a specific audience. And this is the end of John's life. John is nearing the end. Uh, he's the last surviving apostle. And Christianity is about to hit its second generation. So there are these first generation people that walked with Jesus, talked with Jesus, and now we're hitting the second generation. It's the people who have been instructed in the ways of Jesus. And John is writing to these new, uh, younger believers to encourage them and to warn them about some problems he sees kind of coming down uh, the street. He can see it and he knows they're coming. And it's, it's, it's helpful because there are problems that are still happening today, however many generations displaced we are from Jesus. So uh, I am going to read the entirety of the first chapter. It's only 10 verses, but we're going to be camping out in verses 5 uh, through 10, 5 through 9, really, 5 through 9. So uh, here is what the Apostle John writes under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. He says, That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we looked upon and have touched with our hands, concerning the word of life, the life was made manifest, and we have seen it and testify to it and proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and was made manifest to us. That which we have seen and heard, we proclaim also to you, so that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And we are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. So here's where we're going to camp out, starting at verse 5. This is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you, that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. We say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness. We lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. And the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for manifesting uh, in Jesus, coming to earth in a physical body, 
that we might have good news, that we could have fellowship with the Lord God, our Father, and with your Son, Jesus Christ. God, uh, open our hearts, open our minds. Let it be your words that change hearts and minds, not my own. God, help us learn, help us grow, help us change. In your Son's name we pray, amen. Okay, I'm going to give you the big idea up top. Here's the main thing we're looking at. There may be some technical difficulties. I'm not as swift as Brent is. God's character, God's character, who God is, invites us to live a life of holiness and honesty. God's character invites us to live a life of holiness and honesty. So, first thing we got to figure out when we look at this is, uh, so John tells us, this is the message. So, here's an important word. This is the word news. So this is the end of the word we get gospel from euangelion, right? This is, uh, this is news. It's the last half of that. So this is the news we have heard from him. He's, he's telling us some news. And, and so he heard it, and he's going to proclaim it to you, who he's writing to. So what's the news? What is this great news uh, that John is telling us? Well, he, he keeps going. Look, ooh, not that, or that, or that. This. Here's the good news. God is light. God is light. There is the good news. But he, he goes on. He wants to be very clear about something. God is light, and in him there is, I'm going to do, I'm going to switch to blue, no darkness at all. So it's very important that John is pointing out, not only is God light, but there's also no darkness in him whatsoever. So this is John's summary of the gospel, the summary of the good news. He says, God is light and in him is no darkness at all. That's the summary. God is light and in him is no darkness at all. What? That, that's, that's like, it's 11 words. It's like I counted the characters. It's less than half of a tweet. And that is his summary of the gospel. God is light and in him is no darkness at all. So what does he mean? What does he mean by light? Well, let's unpack this word right here, light. We see it. All over the Bible, we're going to look at four different places. What does it mean that God is light? So you don't have to flip there with me. They'll be right here on the screen. So here's the first one, Genesis 1-3. What is the first action we see God take in the Bible? What is the first action? Well, God said, let there be light, and there was light. So what's the first relationship we have from, to God and the light? Well, he's the source of the light. He's the source of of all light. Then, Psalm 27, 1, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. So what's the relationship between these three things? Well, God's the light. He's also the salvation and protection. Salvation and protection. Now, Isaiah 42, 6, I am the Lord. I have called you in righteousness. I will take you by the hand and keep you. I will give you as a covenant for my people a light for the nations. So this time, what is the light? God is not saying I am the light. God's not the source of the light. He's saying that I will give you as a covenant for the people to be a light. So God's people are the light. What is the light? Their righteousness. Their righteousness. So light is righteous. Last thing, John, he wrote a couple other books, 
one he just called John. He said, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So we learn two things about light here. Light equals life. Most importantly, light equals Jesus. Sunday school answer, right? What is God? What does it mean that God is light? Well, God is life. God is, Jesus is God. God is righteous. God is the author of salvation. God is our protector. God is the source of all light. So what does it mean that God is light? Does it just mean God is a good guy? That he uses the light side of the force, not the dark side? Does it mean that he is, uh, does it mean that he is just going to reveal all things? I think uh, we can guess a lot of things that are partially true, but I think there's one word, one word that we can use to put all these things together that means God uh, is light. What does it mean? Light, here's your word, equals holy. God is holy. So, we're going to look at this in a second. The light, we're going to see later on, is walking in holiness. Light is walking in holiness. So, Holiness is kind of this real churchy word. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's separate. Uh, it means, that's what it means. It means separate. When we're talking about holiness, we mean a lot of things. We mean purity. We mean righteousness. We mean justice. We mean beauty. So everything about God, every aspect of him, everything about him is totally and perfectly right. You can get this book out in our resource, uh, I just swiped the wrong iPad, uh, out on the resource wall, it's R.C. Sproul's Holiness of God. Here's what he says about God's holiness. Only once in sacred scripture is an attribute of God elevated to the third degree. Only once is a characteristic of God mentioned three times in succession. The Bible says that God is holy, holy, holy. Not that he is merely holy or even holy, holy. He is holy, holy, holy. The Bible never says that God is love, 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 or mercy, 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 or wrath, 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 or justice, justice, justice. But it does say that he is holy, holy, holy. That the whole earth, the whole earth is filled with his glory. So God is holy. The light is holy. That's the, the good news. So, so back to the verse here. So we see that God is light and, really important, in him is no darkness at all. It's pure. Nothing is ruining the light. So there's two responses to this. Two responses. Sorry for the sniffles, y'all. If, here's a response, if we say we have fellowship with him, him being God, that we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie. We do not practice the truth. Why is that true? Why is it true that if we say we have fellowship with God but we walk in darkness that we are liars? Well, it's because it's not that just God is light, but in him is no darkness at all. So if we say that we're united to him, but we are walking in darkness, this cannot be, this cannot, you can't really see red, but this cannot equal, right? We cannot walk in darkness and be united to a pure God. 
There could be no darkness unified together. So if we're walking in darkness, we'll, we'll talk about what darkness means in just a minute. We cannot be united to him. So this is a warning to a lot of people in the world. And this is a warning to maybe some people in this room because there's a really key word here. If we say we have fellowship while we walk in darkness, we lie. So it's easy to say you're walking with God. It's easy to say you have fellowship with God. You can say that you are united to him while you are actually walking in darkness. And if you say you have fellowship with God, you say, I'm a Christian, I'm in God's family, but you're walking in darkness, then you are lying. It's scary. It's worrying for us because I think we know that we can't always walk in the light. So, let's go back. I'm going to clear this. There's good news here, though. If you ever see this word in the Bible, I'm going to spell it because there's some immature people up on the front row. If you ever see this word in the Bible, B-U-T, probably great news coming. Probably great news. So if you walk in the darkness, you lie and you don't practice the truth. But if we walk in the light, note that it's walking. It's not just saying something. We're actually doing something. We're walking in the light. And we're not just walking the light, but we're walking the light as he is in the light. All we have to do is walk in the light. Paul would probably say something like, walk in the spirit. Jewish people would know from the book of Leviticus, this is a base level command from God. He says, be holy, for I am holy. So, what is the result of walking in the light, of walking in holiness, of personal holiness? Well, First, we walk. We don't just say, right? But walking in the light is action. It's doing something. It's, it's changing the way we speak. It's changing the way we, we act. It's changing what our heart and our mind and our soul say about Jesus. It conforms us to his image because light is, Jesus is the light. So if we're walking in the light, we're walking like Jesus. We have to walk everything, our relationships, our speech, our posting online, our economics, our voting, our screen scrolling, our TikToking, right? Everything is affected by the light that we are walking in. Because never does this happen. There's a dark room, and you walk into the room, and you flip the switch, and there's like, oh, it's still kind of like, it's, there's still some darkness in here, right? Now, there might be something blocking and causing the shadow, but never do you like turn on a light and be like, oh, it's, the light's not getting everywhere. Right, right, when you turn on a light, it is all-encompassing. It goes everywhere. So we walk with entirety, our entire uh, mind, our entire soul, our entire heart in the light. And there are two, we get two things, two rewards for this. First, we have fellowship with one another. It's in the name, fellowship. So who is the one another? Well, I think first, John's referring back to here, we have fellowship with him, him being God, what if I make this capital? Helpful. Him, we have fellowship with him, but he's also been saying, we, you, we, we, we. So he's not just talking about vertical relationships, our relationship with God, but if we walk in the light, if we walk in holiness, if our mind, heart, and soul are shaped by Jesus, then we also can walk in fellowship horizontally. 
together with one another. So we have fellowship, rights our fellowship this way, horizontal, or, uh, vertically, me to God, and it uh, orients and fixes our, our fellowship this way. So, next blank. True Christianity creates fellowship with God and man. True Christianity creates fellowship with God and man. So, if you're here and you find yourself constantly at odds with other believers, if you find yourself arguing more than you're encouraging, if you are being served more than you are serving, then you may not be walking in the light. I'm certainly guilty of some of those things, the arguing one. Some of you may be guilty of those, but walking in the light creates a new kind of community. That's the, that's the first effect. Let's go back. What's the second effect? So we have fellowship with one another, and I'm going to switch to purple, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Well, now we have a problem. See, some of you may have been sitting in here and being like, yeah, Ryan, that sounds great, but I can't be holy. I can't be perfect. I can't be righteous. I can't always walk in the light like God is in the light. Well, John knew that too. And now he throws, this, he throws this new word in here, sin. We have to be cleansed of our sin. If we want to have fellowship with one another, if we want to have fellowship with God, if we want to be united to God in fellowship, we have to be cleansed of our sin. So how do we do it? How do we cleanse ourselves of sin? The light is walking in honesty. See, I strategically omitted something up front. Light has another purpose that I never said. Light has another meaning that I never talked about. It's exposure. It reveals what something really looks like. So let's read it like this. If light is exposure, if we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness... We hide who we are, we lie, we do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. See, the light, walking in the light, is not simply about walking in holiness, but it's about walking in honesty. John, your prayer jar. And I think I can, I think John has this at the forefront of his mind, right? Because what does he keep talking about, right? Not just light and dark, but lie, truth. Where else? We keep going, right? We deceive ourselves. The truth is not in us. So John is concerned about telling the truth, about lying, right? About showing things as they really are. So walking in darkness is not just walking in sin, it's actually walking in shame or in guilt, fear of what people might think because of our sin. Walking in the darkness is there's that deep, dark secret in your soul, and you know that if anyone in this church ever found out that thing about you, you could never show your face here again. Thinking like that is walking in darkness. How do I know this? Well, if you look at what's next, so 
7, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, right? if we walk in exposure, if we walk in honesty, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Here's where we're getting at. We have to walk in honesty because if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. And the truth is not in us. But, you can almost imagine a B-U-T right there. If we confess, if we reveal, if we're honest about our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We can only be united in fellowship when we are honest with one another. We can only be united in fellowship when we are honest with one another. I can't truly love, I can't really love a fake version of you. And you, you can't really love, you can't truly love a fake version of me. If you want to really love me, if you want to truly love me, you have to love the version that speaks really poorly to people sometimes. You have to love the version that is kind of quick-tempered. you got to love the version of me that is horribly, dreadfully impatient. And those are just the things I'm willing to say on stage. There are worse things. But if you want to love me really and fully, if you want to have fellowship with me, then we have to confess our sins. This is, go back here, I'm going to clear it. So, if we say we have no sin, we're lying, we're walking in darkness, right? We're lying. Truth is not in us, we're lying, walking in darkness. But, Let me say something really quickly about that. I didn't write this down, but this, verse 8, thinking we can say, yeah, I do that. I don't don't do that. I I don't say I have no sin. But I think what we do say is, I've got it all together. I've got it figured out. We come in church on a Sunday morning, we say, yeah, I'm I'm doing pretty good. When our soul is crushed, we've just had a fight with our, our sibling or with our spouse, or we've just hate someone in our heart. Our boss has been horrible to us all week, and we're holding this anger, or we're holding this impatience, or we're holding, we've, we're holding this guilt or this shame, and we come in and we put on a mask. We say, I got no sin. I've got no troubles. We're deceiving ourselves, brothers and sisters. When we live under the lie and everything's going well, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. That walking in darkness. Now, that's all a little scary, right? So, okay, so what do I do? Well, verse 9 might be one of the most beautiful verses in all of Scripture, right? So if we confess, so if we admit that our sins are real and if we confess our sins, not just because we're talking about fellowship vertically and horizontally, right? So we're not just saying when you confess your sins to God. We're saying when you confess our sins to have real fellowship, we've got to confess our sins horizontally, right? This is the key to the whole text. How do we walk in the light? Well, we 
confess. That's like a horrible arrow. Confess. That's how we walk in the light. We expose ourselves. We confess our sins. If we want to have real fellowship, real community with God and with one another. My second favorite pastor in the world, after our pastor, um, is, uh, <laughs> thanks, is, uh, is a pastor named Ray Ortland. He pastors in Nashville. He tells a story I absolutely know. They have a, they have a, a men's theology study. And so these guys are coming, and they're coming to get, like, gospel, like, fat heads, you know, like, probably, like, argue about the Trinity or, like, intinction or, like, should, you know, whatever. Like, some, like, big, you know, big gospel issue or whatever that doesn't really have much to do with, like, down here. And so Ray Ortland he gets up, and he says, hey, I want to do something different tonight. I want to take, take a step with you tonight. I want you to turn to your neighbor, and I want you to tell them the worst thing that you've ever done. And I want you to pray for them. And then I want you to switch. And I want you to hear from that person. I want you to hear the worst thing they've ever done. And I want you to pray together. And by God's grace, these guys did it. I'm not going to ask you to do it here. You're welcome. By God's grace, these guys turned and they confessed their sin to one another. They, they prayed together. And, and Ray, when he tells this story, he ends it with this phrase. And I love it. He says, we walked into that room together as acquaintances, and we walked out of there friends. See, the, the key to real community, to loving each other in our actual state is confession. This, how do we get fellowship with one another? Well, we walk in the light. What does it mean to walk in the light? It means we confess our sins to one another. Now that's a really extreme example. I'm not telling you, hey, go tell everyone the worst thing you've ever done. But who is the person? Who's the person in your life that knows the worst thing that you ever did? Who's the person in your life that knows what's really going on with you, that knows the real struggles that you're dealing with, that knows the things you're tempted to look at, or the things you're tempted to say, or the things you're tempted to do, and the things that you're sometimes giving into. Who knows that about you? If it's no one, then you're walking in darkness. That's not a condemnation. It's an invitation to say, hey, come on. Walk in the light. We can love, we can really love you. We can carry your burdens with you. If you step into the light and have true fellowship. But there's another thing that goes on here. We don't just gain fellowship, but this is amazing. He is faithful and just to do two things. Forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So we don't just have fellowship with one another through confession, but actually to have fellowship with God, to approach God the Father, to approach his holy throne. We have to be cleansed, uh, forgiven of our, our sins, have to be forgiven, and we have to be cleansed from all unrighteousness. Now, I had this, I had this realization last night. I thought, like, verse 9, so, like, this part, I'm going to do purple. This part, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness is the same thing as... This, the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. 
I was like, oh, that's the, that's the same thing. But as I was looking at it and reflecting on it and working on it, well, he's cleansing us from all unrighteousness. And here he's cleansing us from all sin. So confession, holiness, honesty, holiness, walking in the light is not just what forgives us. It's not just give us access to the forgiveness of our sins. It's not just our justification, but actually Jesus' blood is cleansing that stench of sin that is on all of us. Everything we do is marked by sin. It's cleansing it totally off us. All sin. So it's not our justification, but it is our sanctification. Confession is a necessary step in our sanctification. We are cleansed and sanctified by the blood of Jesus. We're not just cleansed of all unrighteousness once, but God is like continually scrubbing us with the blood of Jesus so that that stench, that pattern, that life of sin comes off of us. Or when you step into the light, it is almost like it is burned off of you. The sin cannot exist in the light. And so as you step into light, as you step into holiness, as you step into honesty and exposure, the sin is cleansed bit by bit by bit. Charles Spurgeon said it this way, if he gives you the grace to make you believe, he will give you the grace to live a holy life after. So he doesn't just give you the grace to make you a believer, he invites you in, but then he continually gives you grace upon grace upon grace to change and to live more like Jesus. So walking in the light is not just is not just holiness, trying to walk in personal holiness, live out the fruit of the Spirit, be conformed to the image of Jesus. It is that, but it's not just that. Walking in, uh, walking in the light is also walking in honesty, walking in exposure, walking in confessing our sins. And so one without the other is hypocrisy. One without the other is hypocrisy. Walking in the light is not about being perfect. Walking in the light is the confession that you're never going to be perfect. Walking in the light is not about being perfect. It starts with the confession that you never will be. We have to strike a very delicate balance here because leaning one way, leaning towards honesty or leaning towards holiness will not lead us to orthodoxy. Because if we walk in if we, if we, where's my verse? If we walk in shame and if we walk in guilt, but we, we, we do all the right stuff, we, we are really holy, we, we say, maybe we say we have no sin, right? We're really pious, we're reading our Bible, we're living the fruit of the Spirit, but we're not telling anyone about our sin, we're not telling anyone about our struggles, then we're deceiving ourselves. And you're up here, you're walking in darkness. You're claiming to know God, have unity to God, and never exposing, confessing, or uh, showing your sin. You're not walking in the light. John knew this was coming. This is so prevalent in America. We all do this. We're so scared of what's going to happen if someone knows what we've done, if someone knows what we're struggling with. But it's much scarier to walk in darkness than it is to walk in light. But if we can be holy and we can be honest, we can strive to the life that Jesus really called us to, that totally recognizes that we're never going to get it right. 
Jesus has called me. He, I don't know why he's called me. Not a very good servant, but he called me, and I'm, I'm never going to get it right. So we, we try. We, we try to walk in the light of holiness, but that's not always going to work. So what do we do when it doesn't work? Well, we walk in the light, and we confess. It's both things. It's scary. If you ever, when you wake up in the morning, your eyes have been closed, it's dark, and you pull the blinds, you turn the light off, your eyes have to adjust at first. Walking in the light is scary. I sunburn easily. It's scary for me sometimes to go out into the sun because it can burn. Our eyes sting. We'll feel like Adam and Eve. We'll say, I'm, I have all this shame. I have all this nakedness. Or we'll feel like Isaiah when he sees God in all of his holiness and all of his light. And he says, I am a man of unclean lips. But believe me, walking in the light, walking in holiness, walking in honesty is better than living in the darkness. If you knew, right now, if you knew, if you confessed your sin to someone, and that person said, I love you, and you're never going to walk through it alone, would you step into the light? It may hurt for a second, but would it be worth it? If you knew that if you just stepped out into the light, that you would be totally known, totally seen, and still totally loved, would it be worth it to step out of the darkness and into the light? If you knew that only grace and the cleansing blood of Jesus waited for you on the other side at the, in, in the light, no guilt, not shame, not discipline, forgiveness, grace, mercy, would it be worth it to step out of the comfort of the darkness and into the light? There's no greater reward. There's no greater thing waiting than faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. There's nothing better in the world than being cleansed of our sin. There's nothing better in the world than having real fellowship with people. You can't really see that's red. There's nothing better. There's nothing better than being cleansed from all of our sin. Every bit of it. Will have unfaltering love from a community of believers who know you, know, really know you, and unfaltering love from a holy God. So let's walk in the light a little bit this morning. You ready? Some of you in here, you're here. I'm going to clear it. Some of you are here. Some of you in here say that you are a Christian, you say that you are a believer, you say that you are a, a follower of God, and you're living in sin. You are thinking things that you shouldn't think, you are watching things that you shouldn't watch, you are doing things that you shouldn't do, yet you claim Christ. And if that's you, this verse tells you that there is not condemnation, but you can walk in the light. You can confess your sins and be cleansed from all unrighteousness. You'll be cleansed from all of your sin. And Jesus will begin to change you, change your wants, change your desires, and it will be so much better than the dark. But others of you, others of you in here are more like this. You would look someone dead in the eye on a Sunday morning and say, I'm not that bad. I'm not struggling. I'm not dealing with much sin. Some of you flaunt your piety and your holiness in front of others 
Look how holy I am. Look how, how much Bible reading I'm doing. I'll put it on Instagram. Look how good I am. I didn't, wouldn't the world be better if everyone cared as much about Jesus as I did? Shouldn't everyone just look a little bit more like me? You're deceiving yourself. If you think that the world would be better if everyone was more like you, you are deceiving yourself. But guess what? The same invitation given to those that are walking in darkness in their sin is given to you who is walking in darkness in your pride. You can confess your sins. You can say, I do not have it figured out. You can be humbled in front of a holy God, and he is faithful and just to forgive, us your, to forgive you your sins. He will cleanse you from all unrighteousness. He'll remove all of that pride from you really fast. And he'll begin to cleanse you from all your sin. And you can really start to walk like him. You can really start to look like him. And there are others of you that are walking in darkness because you're guilty. You're scared of this word. You're really scared of it. If people knew the real me, they wouldn't love me. If people knew the real me, they wouldn't value me. If God knew the real me, he wouldn't want me. But God knows the real you. He knows the depths of your soul, and he wants you. His arms are open wide for you, and the same is true. If you are in Christ and a believer comes to you and says, I've got this sin, I've got this struggle, our response should be the same. Arms wide open, come. Forgive your sin. God will forgive your sin, and we can be united in fellowship. We're all hiding sins. We're all living prideful lives in certain ways. We're all doing a little bit of this. We're actually doing a lot of this and a little bit of this. But every week we look around and we teach and we tell everyone in this room is a sinner. We all know it. I'm a sinner. You're a sinner. I'm not scared of any of your sin. I get it. I've got worse ones. So this week, let's quit being scared. Let's start walking in the darkness and let's link arms and walk in the holy light of God. Let's pray. Father, we're grateful for your holiness. You are holy, holy, holy. The whole earth is filled with your glory, God, and you deserve honor and glory and praise, and you are so separate. You are so much better than us. You are so much more righteous than us that we could never approach you. We could never even look at you, let alone have fellowship with you, let alone be in your presence, let alone be in your family, let alone be an heir, be like a son. But God, you sent Jesus you sent him to walk in the light perfectly so that we no longer had to walk in darkness. You sent the light of the world to redeem us, to expose our sin. Let us admit it. God, we are sinners. We fail you time after time after time. We commit cosmic rebellion against you. We spit in your face, drag your name through the dirt, and still you call us 
to walk in the light. God, we praise you that you've given us brothers and sisters who will carry our burdens, who will love the real, messed up, sinful, broken us. God, most of all, we thank you that when we confess our sins, you are faithful and you are just. Cleanse us of all unrighteousness so that we can be unified to you and live in perfect union, in perfect fellowship with God our Father and your Son, Jesus Christ. In his precious name, all God's people said. You want to know more about Jesus, his work, his light? If you would like to step into the light this morning, accept Jesus for the first time, I'll be down here. Love to introduce you. You can grab Pastor Brent. He'll tell you all about him. If you need to step into the light and confess some sin this morning, there's probably a brother or sister around you that loves you that they'd love to just hug you. I love you. We'll walk through this together. If you just want to glorify a holy God, a perfectly righteous God, and you stand and sing about the light of his glorious grace, I'll be down here. Let's stand and sing.